Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to Kevin's Barbecue Joints Podcast. And this one is fantastic. It's with Andrew Castellan from Cadillac Barbecue in Dallas, Texas. He and his wife just recently purchased Cadillac Barbecue from Todd and Misty David. So we get into that. We get into so much. We, of course, talk about his path and how he got there and what he's learned under the mentorship of Todd and why he wouldn't be able to do what he did if it wasn't for Todd. But we also go into so much more. He is so detailed and so thoughtful about what he does. We talk about something that a lot of people are really interested in, and that's his brisket trimming. And you think like you visually have to see it, but listening to it as he talks about it for roughly 10 minutes, it's fascinating. And I think you're going to get a lot out of that. And he talks about the knives that he used. This is just that little portion right there is so stellar and so wonderful. And we talk about the pits and we talk about different menu items and some very economical menu items that they have. And if they're going to be expanding hours. There is so much in this. It is just awesome. I enjoyed it. I could talk to Andrew for another three hours. I know you're thoroughly going to enjoy this. I can't thank Andrew enough for taking the time during his busy schedule to share all this with us. So make sure that when you're in Dallas, you do visit Cadillac. You will not regret it. It is one of the best barbecue joints in the country. So be sure to stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm a little more tired than I used to be, but I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, that that is true. That we'll we'll get into the reasons why you're a little bit more tired, and also too, which was kind of interesting off camera. You you discussed how you know you've got you're waiting on a plumber. Those are things too that do you, were those things. Did you deal with those things prior to you taking over, or was that some of them? I was always kind of the the handyman, I guess, around here. Um, I, I I'd always be fixing stuff, you know, when warmers would go out or anything like that, rather than you know go and call someone and spend a thousand dollars to have them come fix it. I would tinker around with it and see if I could get it working. Are you and, good at uh, that kind of stuff? I I'd like to say so. I mean, I'm always fixing that. Shoot, I fixed my dishwasher at my house probably three times in the last year. I mean, it's, <laughs> which I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something about how good yeah. I am at fixing things. I don't know. Um, I was, I was just yeah, gonna it, say I was just gonna say that that's very impressive. But then I was thinking, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, but it's something I, I really enjoy doing. I mean, it's I just like messing around with things and you know getting them to work and. So yeah, it's it's uh you know messing with the the uh, the grease trap is nothing nothing new to me. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's probably that kind of lends into you enjoying cooking with pits and different things. So we'll get into to that oh, yeah. part of your journey. But I, I wanted people to know: Did you grow up in Texas? Yes, I was born and raised uh, not far from here um, in Plano, and so my dad still lives at the same house I grew up in, um, and then I live in a house probably five minutes down the road from from there dallas is where i was born and raised um we didn't have a lot of great barbecue growing up around here i mean besides like you know dickies and you know that's all i really remember eating is dickies and spring creek i, I preferred dickies at the time but mm. yeah th th this is kind of my home and so uh you know I, I you know went to school in austin but i came back here eventually and so you know this is where i've got my family and everything else this is my home what was your yeah. path what was your path we went to Austin. What did you go to school for? Yeah, I went to, actually, I went to Texas Tech for two years and then I transferred to Austin and that's where I got my master's in accounting and my bachelor's in business. Uh, and so my path was to become an accountant. And so, um, you know, my dad was an accountant. My brother got his accounting degree. And so that was kind of, and I just wanted a job when I graduated, right? I, did, I, I wasn't, you know, super passionate about anything specifically at the time i just wanted to make sure that when i graduated i had i had a job and you a know accounting kind of always came yeah it's right and accounting always kind of came naturally to me and so 
I did that uh, uh, for about five years, and that's kind of the, the the beginning of my career path and as a bean counter. And it wasn't the most enjoyable thing sitting in, you know, windowless uh, offices and cubicles and storage sheds that, that they converted into offices for the the auditors. And so, yeah, I worked for EY for five years, and uh, I, I did my time. Yeah, so EY is Ernest and Young, right? Yeah, Ernst and Young, yes, sir. Ernst and Young. Yeah, I think Ernst. they changed <laughs> everyone. Everyone like five or six. Or actually, shoot, now ten years ago, everyone started changing and shortening names. So like Deloitte uh, and Touche became Deloitte, Ernst and Young became EY, Pricewaterhouse Coopers became PwC. Everyone, mm. everyone went this direction of like making things simple, and so now it's technically just EY is the name of the firm. So <laughs> oh, really? I didn't. But, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I know, but it is funny how I also think it's funny when people shorten things. When, they, when it's unnecessary to short, like that makes sense because it's you know, initials. But when people shorten right. words and they're like, you can just say the other syllable. It's not going to really. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, I guess some kind of, everyone hired the same marketer in like 2010 and everyone said, just shorten it. So <laughs> shorten that's it. That's a, well, yeah. that was everything like, you know, FedEx, everything's quick. Were you in the Dallas area? How did well, you see the barbecue scene grow at all? Yeah. So yeah, my first job was in Dallas. Once when I started working with EY, I left Austin. So I guess my first first kind of foray into the barbecue world was kind of backing up a bit. My brother uh, went to UT before I did starting around like 2000s. And so I go and visit him and, uh, you know, I got to eat at Salt Lake and that sort of thing. And that was kind of my first experience into like barbecue that wasn't Dickie's. Right. Yeah. And so we go and get, you know, we were broke. And so we, you know, wait, you know, till like three o'clock and not eat anything and get the all you can eat buffet or whatever it was called. And we just, we just eat there for like three or four hours and, at home. And then I also went to Stubbs a couple times with them. It was kind of one of the originals. And so that was my first experience, like eating like more true Texas barbecue. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going to UT and myself and started in 2009. And so right around when Aaron Franklin oh, yeah. started his trailer. And so I kind of, the first year or two I was there, I, you know, I was going to Ironworks and, you know, some of the Stubbs and some of these other ones that I'd been there for a really long time and I heard these, you know, whispers of this guy, Aaron Franklin, cooking up this incredible barbecue. And I didn't really think much of it because I was like, I mean, how good could this guy really be? And so I was like, I th- I felt like I'd eaten really good barbecue mm-hmm. relative to what I grew up with. And so it wasn't until like 2011 was the first time I actually went to go visit Franklin Barbecue. And he gave me that, you know, the guys in line were passing out the burn ends and I got a burn end. And I was just like, that was like that, like the, the sugar cookie that Daniel Vaughn talks about that. It just blew my mind. I was like, how, what, what did I just eat? Like, the, the, like completely, you uh-huh. know, that was my moment. Everyone talks about their moment and eating mm-hmm. barbecue. And that was mine. Yeah. I went to the counter. I was like, you know, I'll take four pounds of whatever the heck he just gave me. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that <laughs> yeah, was. Well, just <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> that was kind of my first yeah, experience into, you know, eating, eating Franklin. We ended up moving back to Dallas after I graduated or after I graduated and started working at EY and, you know, barbecue is something I really started to love probably around the time I left school because I guess I was sitting at a computer so much and never going outside that it was kind of like a break for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, at the time we were, my wife and I were living in an apartment, I would you know buy pork shoulders and I would, I would start them in my oven and then I'd go to my, my dad's house and then I would go and finish them off in our smoker mm-hmm. or his smoker because 
I, I didn't have time to like hang out there all day to smoke the pork butt. So it was kind of a very strange way of doing it. It's like the, the no, reverse but... of what you probably should be doing, but <laughs> it was just, I, I just, I just wanted to experience even just a, a, a small part of slow cooking. Cause I'd never really done mm -hmm. that at all. So I, I did that for a little while and then my neighbor. So my wife had, my wife's family has a lake house in East Texas in Cypress Springs. Okay. It's about two hours East of here in Mount Vernon. And so at the time she, their family had a neighbor right across the street who had some farmland right nearby and he had one of these really old o oklahoma joe's smokers like the original ones like the like quarter inch steel like oh. all that stuff and so i got to go visit uh and he showed me it and it was you know it, it the door couldn't shut right it, it it was a little rusty i mean it wasn't pitted or rusted out or anything but you know at the time i didn't know had the know-how or the money to get that fixed and so uh he was just a really nice guy and so we left and then about a week or two later, my mom passed away. And this was in 2014. Oh, sorry. And it was kind of like this, you know, my wife or my brother, my, you know, my dad and I were trying to figure out just, just to get away from town. And so we, we went out to that lake house. And sure enough, when we pull up to the lake house, there's this pit sitting right in front of the lake house, completely redone, re like re sandblasted, repainted, doors fixed, everything. Oh. And it was like. Like I couldn't, and like you'd, you'd, you'd given it to me. And I was like, oh. this is like just so crazy that like the timing of this, like, and like, I was just so grateful for him and everything. And so I, I just can't help but there was like something more there to like, the yeah, the divine, it was just yeah. too weird. Yeah. This he didn't, divine he didn't thing. know about, no, he, I mean, he knew I enjoyed it, but he didn't know his name was is TC. Um, he didn't know TC Hamilton, the most Texan guy I think I've ever met. Um, he, he didn't know how much, of a monster he was about to create by giving me that thing. Interesting. And so, uh, yeah, he, uh, so I, I ended up you know, slowly using it. I never really cooked with wood at the time. And so I was still using charcoal. I didn't really understand how to use it. And so then Franklin, uh, came out with his book, um, in like 2000, same time from around 2014, mm -hmm. I think I started reading. And I was like, Oh, I have a pit like that, that I can cook with wood in. I was like, let me give it a shot. And so I cooked some hamburgers and uh, I was like, holy cow, these are incredible. Like, it was the best hamburgers I'd ever eaten. It was like just these wood cooked smoked hamburgers. And I was like, man, like, so that kind of like set me on this like addiction of like, all right, this is the way to cook now. And so that was kind of the way I, I went about it from there on forward. That was really pivotal. Oh, it was huge. I mean, yeah, a lot of these little moments were really big. And then around 2016, my wife and I went back to Austin and we visited franklin barbecue again this was only the second or third time i had been and i remember thinking and telling my wife on the way down there i was like you know i'm kind of nervous to go because i had this like this this like the, he's on this pedestal for me like it was, it was so good it's like how could it be any better how could, like i don't want it to be worse right like i don't want to... <laughs> and so i went there and it was better than last year. i mean it just it blew my mind i'm like this is absolutely incredible and then so we asked for a pit and i think i was there like 4 a.m or something and so I asked for a pit room tour after we ate and sure enough, Aaron Franklin comes walking through the door and you know, there's uh, that movie Sandlot where you have uh, uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez and like Babe Ruth comes through the door. It's like, that's what it felt like for me. It was like, I can't believe he's here. Like, and he was the nicest guy. And I spent, and I talked about my struggles with the airflow on the smokers because of backyard smokers, the airflow is not that great. And, you know, he was showing me like, like his smokers and how they were like how the airflow was working. And so he's giving me some tips on 
you know, oh, either like so you know, increasing the diameter of the smokestack or making it taller. I mean, just and talking about it, like just I, whatever I wanted and like 20 minutes into, I was like, man, I'm really sorry to take up so much of your time. You know, I, I understand if you got to go. He was like, well, all I'm about, I'm just about to go check on some sausage. And so then that led to a 20 minute conversation on sausage. Cause I was wondering why, like at the time, like when I buy fresh sausage at the store, why, like, why was never that snappy? And it was, you know, it was because we weren't doing this process of like cold smoking it and, and yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Cause I would just cook it right on the grill right after I bought it from the grocery store kind of thing or the butcher. And so he walked me through his process on how he made sausage. You know, it's just like, this is, this is wild. And, and then anyway, so like one of the things we also talked about was the smokers. And at the time, no one was really building this was 2016 at the time. No one was really building them outside of maybe like Austin Smokeworks because mm-hmm. this was really before Mober came on the scene oh, yeah. and anyone else but he talked about it with such like like it was no big deal it was like like to build these things and so he gave me this confidence that I was like well if he if, if he says I can do it I, I might as well do it and so uh we drove back to Austin or drove back home and then the next day I drove to Sherman which is to an hour north of here and I went and picked up my first 500 gallon uh, propane tank Really, um, and, and over the course of six weekends, I I built my first smoker in my garage, and we had an HOA at the time. And the HOA wasn't too thrilled about that. No. <laughs> we did the, the 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 most natural thing to do, which was sell the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to. Yeah. That's yeah. You. well, like, yeah. If they get upset with like trash cans being out for an extra hour or something, uh, yeah, they would be upset with the pit. Oh, yeah. well, but now, did you have all the? tools what were you because um, i know like, no, I, not I, really. I, one of my I questions mean, so, is welding like you i knew you knew how to weld yes so i well so i i, I dabbled i'm i i primarily at least at the time what i was just doing was i i sourced all the materials right and so there was a, a metal shop not too far about 30 minutes from from plano or dallas that i went and bought all the, the materials that i was going to need like the flat bar the angle bar all that stuff and then i did all the cutting myself and then I found this guy, a mobile welder on Craigslist. And most of this stuff I bought off Craigslist too, by the way. Funny enough, he comes up and he introduced himself for the first time. His name's Angel. I'm like, this is just weird, man. Like your, your name's Angel? Like, like this is it's cool. Uh, and so anyways, and so, and he, uh, and so he helped me on the welding side of things, get the smoker together. And then primarily the design for it was 100% watching his PBS documentary on building smokers and his book, I literally just, I watched, I can't even tell you how many hundreds of times I watched that PBS documentary on building it and how many, uh, the, those pages in, in his book that talk about building the smoker. I mean, that, that was it. Like that was what I a hundred percent focused so on great. building this thing. It was a PBS one where he was outside and he had like, he put stuff in the like soap or, so, or something to make sure that. It yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. To make sure you don't blow I yourself watched, up. Yeah. yeah. I did the same. I did the same thing, um, and I got I got I got pretty drunk right before I cut into it, just to make sure. I was like, "Well, if I'm gonna go out and go out with a bang," <laughs> but yeah, it was it was fun, and so uh, you know, so we got it done and built, and you know, we ended up uh, moving into a house in Plano that doesn't doesn't have an HOA and a little bit more land, like more land relatively, yeah. um, at least a spot for the smokers. And then around that same time period, I quit. Uh, EY and, and left there and started working at uh, 1050 Barbecue, which is a place over here in Richardson. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was still pretty good. I think, um, you know, they were still doing a lot of things right. And so I was there for about nine months. Uh, and, and this whole plan when I left EY, my plan was to go and open up my own barbecue joint. Like okay. that was, there's no reason to go from the paycheck I was getting at to, I think at the time, like $12 an hour at 1050 or something. I don't know. 
without like having this plan of, you know, opening your own spot because I, I wanted to learn the business, right? I didn't just want to go and open it without having any concept of what, because I'd never worked in a restaurant. If you've never worked in a restaurant, you have no idea it, it's, what you're yeah, doing. It's, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you definitely don't know. No, it's not like any other business. <laughs> no. And so I worked there uh, for about nine months. And then around that, somewhere around six months, I was like, well, you know, what if I like could get a job at Cadillac? Because I, I, I knew so much about the reputation. And they had just become, I think, number three on the list somewhere around that same time frame. And, you know, I remember like trimming briskets at 1050 thinking, man, that'd be so cool if I could trim briskets at Cadillac. Like I was like, like, this is like the, so like that was like a driving factor. And so once I saw they had a job posting, I applied, you know, fortunately enough, Todd gave me the chance to hop on board. And so, you know, for the first six months or so is, you know, washing tables and sweeping floors and scrubbing grease mats and I don't think I even stepped foot into the pit room for probably at least six months. February 2018 is when okay. I think I started at Cadillac because I've been there now for about uh, just five and a half years, more or less, um, almost six. But yeah, so I was doing that for six months and then I just kind of slowly kept working my way up, you know, worked real close with Todd and, you know, eventually became, you know, one of the one of the main cooks. There's, you know, two of us here really that do most of the cooking. So it's been this crazy ride for the last five years that's now led to where I am now. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. And really, this crazy ride for the last 10 years that's led to, my, yeah. to this place now. Yeah, but there's lots of things that had to happen and that actually did happen to make yeah. that. And that's, you know, that's kind of one of these things that I've learned through doing these is that like there's these, if you took a right turn instead of a left turn or whatever. It, yeah, it's wild. It's, yeah, the, all these, I've joked that from the Blues Brothers, uh, we're on a mission from God. Like I've, I've, I've said that to myself so many times, you know, over the course of the last you know, eight years or so, it's like, I'm on a mission from God. Like, yeah. it's like, I just, I, I felt like, and it also, like I said, it all weirdly enough started uh, more or less when my mom passed away. It's like the week my mom passed away, everything from that moment on completely changed and wild? so it, it was there's just too many sh strange things that happened to get to where i'm at today that i'm really thankful for i realize that it's it, it, something is beyond yeah. my, beyond my power that's controlling yeah. some of it <laughs> yeah in the universe that kind of has a path for everyone well at that time did did uh todd have all those pits did did you guys have at so we the scale, he, but he, He's added some. So when I first started working here, we had 3,000 gallons and a small pig cooker and a 500 gallon on a trailer. He since sold the 500 gallon on a trailer. And now we have, and I think the, the small picker, pig cooker he took to his house. He's since added another 1,000 gallon smoker, a bigger double pit cooker on a trailer. So it's it's two BQ grills on a trailer. And then we also added the, uh, the mill scale beast the coal maker, the, yeah. uh, the, the incinerator, the, the, whatever you want to call it. So that, that's kind of, that's where we're at right now is the four 1000s, the pig cookers, and then the, the beast. Uh, and then we have like smaller, just grills and stuff like that, yeah. that we play around with sometimes. But, and then we also have an, in, an indoor rotisserie smoker that we use for, you know, ribs and that sort of thing. I think it's made by old hickory. Oh, and so it's, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a gas assist. So like we use the gas to get the fire running, but once the fire is running, we cu we cut the gas off and just run it as a as a wood fire rotisserie. We have quite the arsenal. <laughs> you do, yeah. That tour that that uh, Todd gave, and I'll, I'll put a link to that below. That was just so <laughs> amazing. Like I was just I was yeah. shocked. And a lot of people have said like, oh, I, that part was my favorite part was because no one knew 
what you guys had and was is do other people have that mill scale or is that just something you guys we were the first ones to get one built so i i worked with mill scale and we matt and i kind of together designed that burn box um it it took about a good while it's funny is it it looks really simple but there's a lot of thought that goes into building a because i had a ton of experience cooking pigs and a ton of experience working with burn barrels, right? So I knew where their weaknesses were and where they failed and how to beef them up. And so I learned from that and, you know, my experience understanding how burn barrels failed and, you know, Matt's experience with welding and just his vast knowledge, you know, in the barbecue world, we kind of put our heads together and came up with this plan for what's something that is essentially indestructible. And so, uh, yeah. And so I think since then though, I think he's now, I I know like truth has like a a version of it on his trailer that he had them build. Um, and I've seen some other ones, like smaller versions that they built. Honestly, ours is excessive. (laughs) And so that's probably why they made them smaller. (laughs) Yeah, That's cool though. It's it's so amazing. But yeah, you you could, you could burn a lot of, a lot of coals on ours. It's held up incredibly well. I mean, it's, they built a a heck of a smoker. So. And are you, you're using that for your pig, right? For for cooking though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we do anything direct cook. So when we do pork steaks, uh, whole hog, the jerk chicken specials that we do, um, anything like that, we'll use the the beast to to create the coals for that. That's killer. Actually saved us money because we're now uh, when you run a burn barrel, right? It's just burning and burning and burning, and you can't really control the rate at which it burns. The nice thing about this uh, the beast is I can I can close down the dampers and close down the doors, so that way if I've got enough coals, I don't have to keep burning it at, at the rate it, it would normally do if it had you know free oxygen. And so it's, it's paid for itself, funny enough. And so I tell people like who, anyone who's ever asked me about it, like, I'm like, I I can't recommend it enough because it will eventually pay for itself just in what you're going to save on wood costs. That's amazing. And it looks killer. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) that, that helps too. Yeah. So, so can you talk a little bit about Todd and then talk about how this came about? Like, were you thinking recent like that's let's yeah let's just can you talk a little bit about todd and, the, and this yeah team? for sure todd is one of the most demanding people i've ever worked for in a, in a good way which is what you know the thing i really honestly admire him and respect about him the most is there is no we're good with the way things are right it's it is a non-stop how do we get better you know how do we innovate how do we you know just keep get keep improving every single day and so He's been he's been an incredible mentor to get to work under, and I wouldn't honestly be, you know, at the level I'm at without without him. I mean, I would never have taken trimming to the level I take it at. I would have never taken cooking to the level I take it at. It's because he he doesn't let off the gas. He's it's it's it is a even though this is his retirement project as as he claims he's he's in love with it. I mean he he cares deeply about barbecue and cares deeply about the customers and you know and he's he looks at everything through the eyes of not necessarily like what is it going to cost me but what do i need to do to be better like that's all he cares about and so he's he's been incredible to work for and then you know missy's been probably one of the best people people persons i've ever met Mm -hmm. i mean she's incredible with customers Um, so kind Oh yeah, super kind. I mean, she you know used to handle a lot of like the hiring and all the back end stuff, and so um, you know an incredible uh, like 
an incredible person to represent the company for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it was it was really good working for both of them. I mean, I think some people wouldn't last here because if they were just here for a paycheck and just here to you know get the job done and go home, you would kind of get chewed up and spit yeah. out like you just you wouldn't you wouldn't survive here but like i said that's that's one of the things i've really enjoyed about working here is how relentless todd is on never just being satisfied with anything wow. and is and i learned a ton from him on how to run a, a good business and you know the, you know how important it is um you know keeping you know good notes on things and you know, just being really aware of everything that's going on. Um, and he's just been, yeah, he's really helped me this transition become much more seamless than it ever could have been because I learned so much from him just by, you know, working together with him over the last several years about how he prioritizes things and how he operates a, a really good business. And so, I mean, he's, there's no question about it. He's, in my opinion, one of the best business people I've ever met. I mean, he's, oh. he's smart. He's real smart. Yeah, he's <laughs> so, really smart. Yeah, no. yeah I mean, and you don't create what, what Cadillacs become mm -hmm. without, you know, having that, that really strong business mindset. Yeah, he's been, he's been, it's been fun. It's, we've had a lot of, uh, we butt heads plenty of times. I mean, but, you know, we've, uh, we always kind of come back and sit at the table and, you know, we, 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 we're always, we're always good at the end of the day. Right. We always, cause we, we always have the same objective, right. We're, we're both trying to achieve the same goal and that's just to not, to, to get better. I joke that I never really met anyone who loved barbecue as much as I did until I met him. And it was like, wow, he's, he's at a, he's at a, a different level than I am. Like he's, he's just incredibly passionate about it. I mean, he's, he's always watching videos on it, reading about it. Like, you know, studying it. He's, he's always trying to get ideas. And I mean, it, it's, uh, it's really fun working under him in that, in that respect is because I work for someone who is so passionate about it. And, you know, it's not like it's, this is just like a business firm and he doesn't really care at this. Like he is so involved and loves this so much that it's, it's really cool to be with someone like that and be a part of that kind of a team. Cause a lot of places out there, I mean, not so much in the barbecue world. In the barbecue world, you get a lot of like, you know, the owners who are still very involved in it. But yeah. in the business world, it's, it's a, I think, a little less common to have, um, you know, owners who are that invested in what's going on. So, yeah. That's how you've been able to stay so consistent and to stay up there with the quality that you've done for all these years is because of that determination and passion, obviously. Oh, it's, for sure. For sure. It, but it's interesting to hear it from your side and to hear that because I've interviewed him a number of times and it's, but yeah. I, and I could hear it and I could tell, but you don't hear it from, from within and from working oh, yeah. with him. So was he grooming you to take over or like, how did this transition? Because I, I never felt like, like he was, whenever I talked to him, or I never got any inclination that he was going to transition. Was this something that you, could you feel it or could you tell that there's something going on or were you? Yeah. I mean, we had, we had talked about it over, you know, over the years, I think it was it, the timing in the past just wasn't right. Cause coming to terms on purchasing a business is, is hard. Right. Yeah. I think it kind of finally came down to, we had talked about in the past, like me buying, you know, percentages of it or, you know, that sort of thing, or, you know, working my way up into owning it all. But I guess I was always in the boat that unless I could purchase the whole thing outright, I, I wasn't as interested as just buying a percentage of it. Right. Especially if I, you know, I wasn't a, a majority owner, but even then it's, 
I think barbecue joints like this, and this is just my own personal opinion, I think they can run more efficiently if there's one person in charge, right? And so that makes sense. it's harder to, I think, come to like, you know, unanimous decisions on things when you have one guy who's got one opinion, another guy. And so it's just, it's easier when all the decision-making, even though it's a collaborative team effort, right? It, it comes down to a single individual making that choice, mm -hmm. right? And so- we just finally, I think, came to a, the two of us, you know, as the years had gone on, we finally ironed something out that we both could could agree to. And so once we both came to, to terms with what what we wanted and we were we were in agreement, I mean, we knocked the whole thing out probably in a month and a half or less. And so it was because, I mean, it's it high level, right? Just trying to get to the terms that you want. Yeah. But once you get there, then you just got to deal with the lawyers who... You want to deal with them as little as possible. Yeah. And but... so, uh, <laughs> and so we just knocked that. I mean, like I said, we knocked it out once we kind of came to terms in about a month and a half from beginning to end. You know, if you were to ask me six months ago, would I be where I'm at right now? I would have said absolutely not. But oh, you know, it's just the timing. The timing kind of worked out to where, uh, you know, we were we were both ready to pull the trigger. And so, uh, yeah, it's I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity, and you know. The, the fact that he, you know he'd give me this this shot right it's it's uh, i still can't even honestly believe it like I, I i struggle every day comprehending how i'm where i'm at right now it's but you own Cadillac it's so barbecue. cool <laughs> yeah it, it's I, wild. I say that and i'm just like no i don't well, yeah i do and so it's just <laughs> it's weird but no he's been i mean and he's been unbelievably helpful through this transition mm -hmm. i mean He's been so good at, you know, helping me figure things out and, you know, dealing with all the, you know, the accounting back end and stuff and, you know, getting the vendors set up and everything else. And so, you know, and, and he's still a, a, an incredibly vital role to this whole mm -hmm. thing. I mean, there's no, you know, no timeline at all for like, you know, him to leave or anything like that. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, yeah, I think it's just more he'll have, you know, Misty and, you know, they've always talked about traveling more and doing like just having more freedom. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, the stress that comes with owning this place. Right. Like you is now not on their shoulders. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the stress is, comes down a little bit as time goes on and, you know, they have more time, you know, because a lot of like what they used to do is now on transition to my plate, my wife's plate. And so it, it just works out for the best of, for both of us, because this is something I've always wanted. And he's kind of to that point where he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily want to run the day-to-day -day operations of the business. He'd rather spend time like playing around with a new recipe or, you know, that sort of thing. And so it gives him a lot of free time, spend more time on the creative side, right? Which is really cool because that's where one of the places he really shines at is creating things and creating recipes and creating new ideas. And so him being able to to, to focus on that, I think is really going to help us going forward too. What were these discussions with your wife and how does she feel about all this? Absolutely nothing. None of this ever happens without her. I mean, she's been, I mean, the biggest supporter. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I would have never left EY without her approval and like her, you know, support behind me, mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like it takes, I mean, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable that to have someone like that in your corner to no, support nice you through to this whole that. process. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she was, I mean, she knew since day one, right? Like this, this was the goal. This was my, I mean, my goal was to open up my own place, your own place originally, yeah. but you know, God has different plans, you know, sometimes than you have. And so she knew, though, that the end goal, though, was to own a, a, rest, a barbecue restaurant. And so uh, as these discussions kind of progressed, she was right on board with me. I mean, she was, you know, 100% had my back and, 
you know, she, she's just been incredible. Like, I mean, just the biggest support I could ever have. And so it's, I love her to death and I'm glad yeah, I, I, I'm glad I have her in my corner. So. <laughs> I'm so happy you do. And it's also funny too, because you say, you know, it's weird that you can tell yourself that you're the owner of Cadillac barbecue, but also she could not. No, no, she's the owner of Cadillac Barbecue too. So uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it must yeah, be an odd, like it's a, who knew that this path would be the path that you Yeah, know. she probably has a harder time saying it than I do, but we both, yeah, we both have a hard time saying it. Yeah, in a couple of years. I still tell people I work at Cadillac Barbecue. I don't, uh, to me, it just sounds weird to say I own it. It's like, no, I just, I work there. That's it's true. not untrue. <laughs> it is not untrue. I want to talk about kind of, because we've kind of off, um, when we were uh, writing each other, talked about, potential hours and i've like even read things that things might yeah. be tweaked a little bit but there's one thing i need to talk about before i forget and it is your brisket trimming and how it's become like a thing it's become like more than it's like how did that start and what's the what's the psychology behind it or what's the um i guess not thermodynamic dynamic i guess thermodynamics but what's the yeah. what's the reasoning behind all this i would say that i have an obsession and a lot of things barbecue related you know it started with watching franklin videos i think there was one with him at like texas a&m trimming a brisket or something that he came out with years ago and aaron franklin has such a technical mind like he's I mean, listening to the guy talk for 10 minutes, you realize how the, the guy is a smart guy. Mm -hmm. And so I really picked up on like how there's a thought behind everything he does. And so when I first started trimming briskets, you know, obviously like anyone went on YouTube and tried to figure out how to do it. And that was one at the time, you know, like I said, there's, there's so much more information out there now, but at the time, I mean, really it's Franklin was probably one of the few guys who had a trimming brisket video out yeah. there. I studied it kind of like I did with his other videos at the time and just like got it down to like, like every movement and studied every single thing he did, like what direction he was, you know, moving the knife, like at what points when he was like, whether he's on the flat or the point, how he was holding the knife, how he's moving oh. the knife, like not just like what he was verbalizing, but what, like what he was actually physically doing. I don't know. I just got obsessed with this, like, creating this perfect thing you know um and and i mean i've even studied like and this sounds just crazy but like i've like looked at like unfinished works by michelangelo and like like his sculptures and looked at like okay what was he doing to create these sculptures like how did he go about it right was he like doing one section and finishing it completely or was he going through the entire thing and slowly working its way around like like how was he going about yeah. finding this gem in this yeah, piece of marble and it's not too different right i mean you're so it, it kind of like i learned like okay this is the technique he kind of implied and so or, you know used and so it's like okay so how do i kind of use some of that when i'm trimming the briskets and so it's just something i've I've always i just i don't know why it's like i wanted to just keep to, it's kind of like with todd it's like i wanted to keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until like i realized one day i was like man these are pretty good <laughs> and so then I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll start putting some on, you know, Instagram or whatever, because I hadn't for a long, the longest time. And then I got, you know, quite a reception from people. I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize this many people appreciated a good trend brisket. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been that? fun. I mean, yeah, no, it's crazy. And so I've had a lot of people, um, you know, reach out to me and, you know, it's, I'm grateful for the support. And it's, you know, I, I you know, I, I, if I could leave my mark on barbecue in any way i mean mm -hmm. even if it's uh, trimming briskets or whatever like that to me is just so cool to me it seems 
and I'm not saying I take credit for it at all, but to me, it seems the briskets that people are trimming today versus the way they were trimming them three to four or five years ago is on another level. Like it's as a whole, people are, they're taking it to a different level. And so if if I had even a, a tiny small part in that, that's just kind of cool to be able to say. So it's so is the reason it's not it's it's aesthetic, but is it also yeah. for airflow? Does it is it a, yeah. a perfect shape for airflow? Or? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, because you know these are getting put on these thousand gallon offset smokers with massive convection and airflow going over them, and so uh, you know a lot of it too is from looking at uh, finished briskets and going okay well, this is picking up a little bit too much smoke here. You know, this is getting a little bit too dark or whatever. And so you kind of then study that and go, okay, how do we make it so that there is zero resistance on that thing? Like, you know, our Austin Smokeworks smokers, and I don't know if any of the other guys are doing this that currently build smokers, but the entire inside of the smoke chamber has completely been sanded down. So like, there's no there's no like there's nothing to catch air in any way inside that smoke chamber because a thousand gallon propane tank has these like bands that go around it and all kinds of stuff that could yeah. catch air. Austin Smokeworks like completely like gets that to, to nothing. And so it's the same kind of concept of like, you know, making sure that nothing's catching on anything. And you just got this, you know, I always pictured like a portion, like a wind tunnel. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, cause a Porsche, like a, a like a, like a 911 Porsche, it kind of like in a, a very like loose way resembles a brisket to me because you have this big fat back end and like you know oh, the, it, the yeah. nose that comes down and so like I like I, I envision like this like perfectly aerodynamic car like going through this wind tunnel and so yeah there's definitely uh, the, that science behind it and so uh, you probably don't need to take it to the level that I take it at to like get a really great brisket but I just kind of kept focusing on it and doing the best I possibly could. So now, I mean, that's just the way I trim a brisket. There's no, I don't, I don't, I don't trim it any other way. And so, you know. And it doesn't take you any longer just because it's just something you've been doing and doing and doing. No, exactly. I, I focused on the process for so long that, I mean, I, I can knock out a brisket in two to three minutes. That's so, awesome, I mean, though. it's, yeah, it's, and so we can, I mean, we can, we can put them out quick. I mean, shoot, when I first started, I was probably taking half an hour i mean <laughs> of course yeah. <laughs> and you were nervous and you want to yeah like it's it's and it's interesting i've watched so many videos of different guys trimming briskets and it's do, do you actually do you have a video or a, a any kind you know, of thing on instagram that or anything? is that is the question i've been asked more than anything else um i i have yet to put one out largely because i just I haven't had the chance to like to because to do it right, honestly, would be like a three part mini series, honestly, because I could talk about trimming briskets and the like the logic behind the way I do things as far as the type of knife I use, like the the way the way I sharpen it, like how I sharpen it, Um, you know, the 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 briskets as far as what what direction am I angling the knife on different parts of the brisket, right? Whether it's a left or right side brisket, how my my knife angle change like. There's so many things uh, that I can't just, I can't just give you a 30 minute little quick YouTube like Franklin does and like to, cause to me it's, it's not showing you the, really everything I actually know. And so, you know, people think it's like, I'm trying to like a hide secrets or whatever. And it, it's really not it at all. It's just, it's more, I, I just, it, I, I haven't had the time or, you know, yeah, that takes a lot. That, that's the a way to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I would want to do it if I ever did it, I'd want to do it the right way, right? Where I really made sure 
I was really methodical about how I created this video and made sure that it was really done mm. so that it, it represents exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I'll get around to it one of these days, but Not yeah, it has nothing to do with, yeah, it really has nothing to do with me like trying to like be secretive or anything yeah. like that. It's just, I just, it's not my priority right now is making yeah. and you YouTube sort of, videos. And, and you sort of yeah, bought a restaurant. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, and the holiday right. season, and the holiday season's upon <laughs> you. Like it's, there's like 2024 probably based a little bit more. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but there's I so do. many great guys out there. I mean, you got Joe Yim, Chuds, Franklin. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's so many guys out there that have fantastic brisket videos. And so um, anytime people ever ask me, I, I tell them, I mean, there's, it's a lot out there. And the other thing is too, is, I mean, I've probably trimmed, I don't know, 65,000 briskets or something like that. I mean, I don't somewhere in that ballpark. Right. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, at the end of the time, at the end of the day, it just takes time. I mean, you, you got to get the reps in. I mean, you trimming 10 briskets, you're not going to trim them the way I do. I mean, you, you just don't have like that, like, like the knife in my hand feels like an extension of me. Like it, I, I can literally hold my hand right now and feel the knife in my hand. Like, and so that just takes time to get to that point. Yeah. So what, yeah. what type of knife are you using just for that? Or do you use different knives? So um, I use a, and I've never actually publicly told anyone this. So do, you know, this do, is be, do you want to, or do you? No, I, I don't mind. Um, Cause like I said, at the end of the day, it's, it, I can tell you the knife I use, but whether or not you can use the knife like I do is no, exactly. a different thing. Right. And so, and honestly, I think you'll, you'll cut yourself pretty easily using the knife that I use, I think. Um, but anyways, I use a uh, Victorinox eight inch fillet knife. So that's what I use. And so, you know, some of these guys use, uh, I've seen some guys use like a brisket trimming knife, like a, like a standard brisket trimming knife not the like the ridged one, but just like the slicer. Yeah. And then they'll combine that with like a, uh, a, a six inch curved uh, mm -hmm. boning knife. That to me takes way too much time. Cause if I'm taking one knife, putting it down, grabbing another knife, I, I, I don't have time for that. And so I kind of found this knife that to me was the best of both worlds was using this eight inch. So a soup, like a really long straight fillet knife and so you got to be careful with it because if you're like it, you can screw up a brisket really easily because the knife the blade's so long mm -hmm. but once you learn it once you figure it out how to use it it's 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 really great awesome. and so uh I, and one, one of the things is michael Winett from uh flora's barbecue way back when he used to make this trimming video of uh of him cutting it with an eight with a brisket slicer and man it was like poetry watching that guy trim a brisket it was so beautiful and so uh, it was around that time frame that like I started thinking to myself, well, what, what, like, what's a knife that I can use that can kind of replicate that, but doesn't require me to like use two different knives. And then the other thing that's really nice about it is, so it's an eight inch fillet knife that's really long and it's really narrow. So the nice thing about it being really narrow is there's less drag. So like when I'm going through and trimming a brisket, like if you have a really like wide blade, like the wider and wider the blade gets, the more drag as you're pulling that, that knife through the brisket, right? And so when you're trimming, God knows how many briskets, right? That drag will wear you, wear you out, right? And so it's it's kind of like using a light shovel versus a heavy shovel, right? Like it's the same kind of concept. And so that was one of the other like things I was thinking through was like, I need also a knife that has less drag when I'm pulling it through. And so it was kind of a combination of like, what i'm looking for in a knife that led me to finding that knife and using it so wow that makes sense that'll be part of my brisket training video one of these days <laughs> well thank so. you yeah you know, people will actually <laughs> physically be able to see it but that was so thank you for yeah. that because i no, no I, yeah i figured I if i'm ever going to say it i might as well tell it on a platform where a lot of people can hear it and not yeah. you know 
just a few followers or something. So it's fun. I, I dig knives. I'm always interested in what people are using for, because it's, it's across the board. People are using wacky stuff to, oh yeah, the, 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 you know, cheap, cheap stuff. And then people also like are spending like $300 on it. It's like, yeah. a whole, and people collect knives. It's a whole, there's oh, a whole, yeah. There's a whole thing. And like, oh, yeah. seeing, I love seeing I'm, the knife I'm pretty, I'm pretty simple. I essentially use that. I'll use like the eight inch, like scimitar or whatever to like break down like meat. And then, uh, you know, just your standard, you know, brisket trimming knife, like bread slicer. So, I mean, on a, on a weekly basis, I mean, those are the three knives I'll use. And really I don't use anything else. I don't complicate things too yeah. much for myself. I mean, and I guess obviously like if I like, you know, was processing vegetables and onions, I use, you know, your standard butcher's knife, but yeah, you yeah. know, that, that's about it so but honestly to me what's the most important thing is a sharp knife not necessarily like a super fancy knife fancy knives are great and all but if it's not sharp it doesn't really matter yeah, yeah and then yeah well, we could we could go down the rabbit hole of sharpening if we wanted uh, to but, but oh, yeah. I'd, I'd rather oh, get yeah. it to, i'd rather get into at least this sure to the hours that you're open right now and then what are you kind of thinking what's are things going to change a little bit yes they are going to change my goal is november I haven't 100% decided on what that schedule is going to look like. I thought I did, but now I'm kind of questioning it and thinking about another type of schedule. But Thursday, Friday's first Saturday month will always be there. That's not, that's not at all a question. What I'm currently debating, and I guess, I mean, I can just say it because it'll be fun to look, look back at later, yeah. is I'm currently debating whether or not to open up wednesday thursday friday and the first saturday of the month or open up thursday friday and every saturday the reason my hesitation on you know opening every saturday is we're in a business district our thursday fridays are really good days for us um, because there's so many people traveling for business and going out to business lunches or whatever right so wednesdays you know we would do really well for us right where Saturdays, since we're in this kind of a business park, right? People know and have known forever, right? We're first Saturday of the month. That's 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 what you, that's when Cadillacs open. How well that will do because we're no we're not no longer exposing us. The business crowd's gone, right? They're at home, yeah. right? So now you're you're only dealing with people who are willing to make a plan and come and eat a Cadillac, right? Because we're not we're not on a busy street where people don't drive by and see us like you have to know we're here and you have to know we're open to come eat here mm -hmm. as logical as every saturday sounds i just can't help but think the, the 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 customers that we serve day in and day out right and who i think we should prioritize are the people who live and work in the area right and they're more likely to come on a wednesday than they are probably on a saturday anyways this is all yet to be officially determined but yeah that that could potentially be the thing where we're open wednesday thursday friday and the first saturday of the month or thursday friday every saturday i just haven't haven't committed to that yet so, so it's, it's i'm trying so to chances are trying one, to figure it one, out one more day but yeah where oh, yeah, yeah for sure we'll, we'll get there yeah so long long answer to your question we'll, we're we're going to open more it's just <laughs> what that looks like Okay. Right now on Thursday and Friday, because I haven't heard in a little while, are you guys selling out or is it more like, because I, I know of people that have come in a little later in the afternoon and got a pretty good selection of food. Is that still the case? Yeah. Thursday, Fridays, I mean, we'll, we almost always have brisket, sausage, and ribs until close because there's no reason for us not to, because we do pre-orders and a, a vast majority of our pre-orders uh, that, and it's bulk pre-order. So a whole brisket, sausage, or, you know, several, like several sausage links, a whole rack of ribs, stuff like that. And a lot of those people want them chilled. 
right? Because they're not going to eat them until several days later or whatever, right? And so we do a fair number of business through those cold pre-orders. And so there's really no reason for us to really ever sell out because we're going to get rid of that stuff one way or the other through pre-order, right? Because if we don't have it in stock, then we're just taking it off the pit and then putting it in the fridge and chilling it. And mm. because because they can they can get it warm if they want to. But a lot of people surprisingly want chilled meat for pre-orders. So yeah, so I think it's just like, you know, you know, most people are, a lot of people I I found are getting it and eating it like later that evening, right? Or or the next day or, you know, a football party the next day or something like that. And so rather than buying it warm and then chilling it themselves, right, we'll sell it to them back sealed. And typically it's not frozen or anything. It's just from that week before that we've Mm. just you know, back sealed and gotten ready for those pre-orders. I try to let people know and get them to realize like, yeah, we'll be out of specials. We'll be out of some of the items, but you're still going to get a good meal if you come in at, you know, 130, 145 or whatever, you know, shoot. Insider tip is people come in at like 150. Mm-hmm. There's literally zero people in line and we still have a good, good majority of our meats. We're not trying to sell out on people. Um, you know, we definitely want to feed them. And then, yeah, just there's really no good reason for us to to have that business model where we do sell out every day. And so, what, what time do you guys close? Two o'clock. Two yeah. o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that. So. that's kind of an ideal little sweet spot if people want to come in and. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you can, yeah. Anytime between like one forty-five and two, you can, you can probably just walk straight in and maybe wait five minutes and, yeah. you know, get get a brisket sandwich and, you know, whatever you want. And yeah, you'll get fed and you won't have to wait too long. What about the people that show up at two fifteen and knock on the door? And <laughs> um, Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it depends. So I guess, I'll, I'll still try to, I'll still try to, you know, be nice. I mean, cause I, I get it, man. You know, people, they, they come from a lot of these guys that come from a long ways away. I mean, the guy yeah. came from Fort Worth and got stuck in traffic and 15 minutes late. Like, I'm not going to tell the guy like, no, go away. Like I'm not yeah. selling, like going to give you a sandwich or whatever. And so, and usually by like two fifteen, two thirty, 30, usually people, they're just, they're not coming anymore. Occasionally we'll get this random person at like three o'clock going, Hey, y'all, y'all open still. Like now we've been closer an hour. <laughs> yeah. But that happens at every restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, we, we, we do our best to, you know, take care of people. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I get people are, you know, they're, they're spending their hard earned money and they're, they're, they're taking time out of their day to come eat here. And so I want to do the best I can by them. Do you have whole hog every day? So right now we're doing it every Saturday. Just on um, the, just we, on the, the yeah, just first Saturday of the month. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, we were doing it every day for a little while there, but pig prices got to be out of hand. You know, we were paying a dollar 99 a pound for fresh pig. Now we're paying anywhere between four ninety nine and five ninety nine a pound. And so <laughs> that's a little bit of a jump. <laughs> oh, and and oh. you don't get a huge yield on these pigs, right? I mean, the, the bigger the pig, the the better the yield, right? So 80, 90 pound, 120 pound pig, your yield's terrible because the bone there's so many bones. 150 pounds, obviously better. And then your sweet spot's probably in like that 190 to like 210-ish range. Okay. Cause you'll get the most meat your yield percentage will be the highest in that that range. Problem is you're now cooking a 210 pound pig, right? And so you better have a lot of people to sell that much meat to. Yeah. Because you'll yield maybe around 40-ish percent on a pig. Okay. Uh, a little higher than that, like on a, on a good sized pig. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, once you factor in uh, these crazy inflated prices and then that you're only getting a 40% yield, and then you factor in the wood costs and everything else. I mean, we were still doing it even at these higher prices for a little while. And then it was just like, so at one point it was literally costing us money to cook a pig. And it was like, you know, we've never done it to make money. I mean, you're never like people say like, Oh, whole hogs, not big in Texas or whatever. It's like, 
and may, maybe other parts of Texas are better, like South Texas or whatever. But in this area, like there's a reason why no one does it. I mean, number one, people, it's all about beef here, right? People want yeah. beef. Number two, you you could not operate a successful business restaurant in Texas, a barbecue restaurant in Texas, cooking just pig. Mm-hmm. You, 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 there's no chance. You, you, you can't make enough money doing that. Yeah. Anyway, so we still do it because we love to do it. I mean, it's it's so I mean, I, I love cooking whole yeah. dogs. Um, it, it is it is a blast. So I think that's kind of the, the, the plan going forward is keep doing it that first Saturday of the month. The other thing is, too, is we only buy fresh pigs. We won't buy frozen. We've 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 done too many frozen pigs and it, it just it doesn't come out the way we want it to. So we we're strictly focused on fresh pigs, which is another you know layer that's harder to, to you know to yeah. overcome and something that uh, drives up prices. Right. Because fresh pigs are usually more than some guys got a frozen one in their fridge right for a month or two. We'll keep doing it and uh, we're just because we love to do it. But uh, and it's kind of the special thing, like I said, that we'll keep doing on that first Saturday. But uh, yeah, I'd love to do it more. It doesn't make any sense from a, a money standpoint. So, so maybe down the road, if that was if, it, if things change oh, yeah. economically, but yeah, that's yeah, I would I would absolutely love doing it every every day we're open um, again. Um, but uh, and like I said, hopefully we can get there one of these days. But yeah, just with the prices the way they are not. Not anytime soon. Because we can, we could go dot by dot by dot on your menu, but people can go look online; they can see photos. But the sure. is it baloney or did you do like is it? Uh, is yeah, it, we make a. Is that yeah, we make our own wagyu uh, wagyu bologna. Um We used to do it as a special, but now we do it every single day we're open. That looks so good. <laughs> it's it is phenomenal. It's I mean it's the best bologna you'll ever eat. Um, and so we were having excess brisket trim that we were putting into the freezer for a little while there. And so we just started saying, okay, well, let's just do the bologna as a special like every day. And it's funny is the first few weeks that you do something like that, it doesn't really catch on, but then eventually it's just like everyone just starts ordering it. And so we, we do bologna every single day we're open now and we sell a ton of bologna as crazy as that is because (laughs) <laughs> it's like this fun nostalgic thing that people so grew up eating and then yeah. once people eat it they're like this is incredible you know and and we, we're not it's not it's not terribly i mean for as far as meat prices go i mean it's it's one that it's probably one of the cheapest things we we sell actually it probably is the cheapest thing we sell wow. so i mean you can buy a pound of bologna for i don't know it's like 18 bucks or something like that yeah and shoot that'll that'll feed you for a couple days and yeah. so um and then we make our own homemade uh, mustard sauce uh, for it. I mean, we have a oh. mustard barbecue sauce, but we also make our own homemade mustard. And man, you put that on a bologna sandwich, and oh. and, and I think I think the bologna sandwich is like I don't know six seven dollars. I forget what it is on our menu. And so you know you can come in and get a, a good meal here for I mean very reasonable price. Because yeah. um, uh, and that's one thing we've tried to focus on is I mean you know the price. I mean shoot, my brisket prices just went up this week. Um, and the prices of everything, it's just, it's just, it's nonstop increasing, but we, we, and we're definitely cognizant about that. And so we do have a few things on the menu, like the sausage sandwich, bologna sandwich, the whole hog sandwich, like a few things on our menu where, you know, you can come in if you're, you know, like focusing on money, right. And in 20 bucks, you can leave here with a really good meal. And so, but if you, if you, if you want to splurge, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that too. (laughs) Yeah, you can do it. Go the other route too. But that is nice to know because you have people, like you said, workers in the area, people in the area. And if you want to come in and get a meal, that's nice. That's nice for 20 bucks. For sure. For sure. The tequila sunrise pork belly ribs. 
Has that always been on the menu? It's, we've had them as a special shoot since I started working here. Okay. Um, it, I... it is, it's a very unique cut of meat that uh, isn't really readily available. We have a really great relationship with Compart Duroc, who supplies it for us. They cut it for us. And so we request it like two weeks in advance, and then they go and they process it for us. Oh, cool. um, but yeah, it's essentially a belly on, ri like rib, rib, rib on belly on skinless, you know, so it's like a belly like that big, right? But then it's got the, the spare ribs attached to it. And so, man, it is. So it's essentially once you get it, it's it's a spare rib with a massive cut of belly on top. Oh. And then, yeah, then we hit it with like, a, you know, this like sweet, a sweet, sweet, sweet heat sauce on top of it. And man, it it is. In my opinion, it's one of the best cuts in barbecue. I, I think like Leroy Lewis is doing them. I think there's a couple other places that yeah, are doing one, them. But... One or two other places I'm trying to think. Not yeah. that style, but... but Yeah, right. Yeah, everyone's kind of got their own little yeah. take on it. Mm -hmm. uh, but man, it is, it's so good. And I think the only reason why you don't see more people doing it is just because it's harder to get that cut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... It, it's lights out. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it impressive like... to look at. It's like, the, it's like the beef rib, right? Like you see it and it's like, you know, huge. And you're like, Oh my gosh. And so people are like, yeah, let me get that. You yeah. Know? What is it? Yeah. Like, I want it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. No, it's funny. Like last week, uh, we still had like a tray of them left and we had like, you know, 45 minutes till we were closing. And I, I literally just like uh, every single person that came up was like, Hey, do you want to try pork belly rib? Hey, do you want to try pork? I'm not kidding. I sold 15 in a row. They're really? just like every time it's this side, like, yes. Like it's like they were, they were getting a, you know, a brisket sandwich and they see this, Yes, give me one of those too. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so great. No, I want to try that so badly. And I was looking at last, like the last week when I was doing some research more for the, I'm like, what? I haven't had it that way ever. So that's, yeah, that's, man. that'd be cool. So you have that every day, right? Yes. Uh, no. So we, uh, that's, uh, we try to do that once a month. Once a month. So okay. that's one of, yeah, that's one of our specials. Yeah. We have the typical meat, so you'll see anywhere every day. And then we'll do pastrami, beef ribs one week and briskets the next. And that'll rotate every single week. And then uh, occasional rotate uh, pastrami burn ends in there. And then as far as the specials go, we'll do, you know, the pork belly ribs, the jerk chicken, the jerk pork. We have a few different things that we kind of tinker around with that, you know, we'll do the pork steaks, you know, stuff like that, that we do a little bit less often, but we try to get them at least once a month. So. I think I thought saw jerk rib tips, I think too. Was that something? Yeah. Like yeah. 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 The jerk. Yeah. The jerk rib tips are Oh, they're so good. They're they're so good. Um, uh, we 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 played around with jerk pork for a while. We played with jerk pork spare ribs. We played with jerk pork steaks. We we played with a few different ways. And what we found was the jerk rib tips really worked the best because it was like this small cut of meat mm -hmm. that really penetrated with that jerk sauce and that marinade that we put on it. And so uh, it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of like eating like a jerk chicken wing, but yeah. pork. It's so good. Do you guys make your own sausage? Uh, yes, Jacob uh, is our uh, our sausage king here. I mean, okay. in my opinion, he's one of the best sausage makers there is in Texas. Period. Like, I he doesn't he's not really on Instagram. Doesn't have much of a presence on any of that sort of thing. But man, I can say he's one of the best guys out there to make sausage. I mean, he's cool. incredible, um, incredibly talented. And yeah, so we're making, uh, you know, a hatch chili sausage, uh, like a, a, a mild sausage that we do, and then a, a spicy sausage. And so we'll have those three every day. And then we're typically rotating like, you know, a boudin and andouille sausage, oh, cool. um, you, you know, just some kind of chorizos. We'll do the bologna every single, every day. So we're kind of constantly just rotating in 
Oh. Uh, we do a lamb and figs sometimes. That's really good. Whoa. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we have our three standard ones. And uh, oh, I forgot my favorite one, a triple B beer, bacon and beef sausage. It's got like a dark, a, a, you know, dark beer in there with uh, like, like with bacon and uh, obviously our, our Wagyu beef that we put in there. And, oh. oh, it is so freaking good. <laughs> that so we do that like once a month. But yeah, so we, we have a we have a pretty good rotation on, on our menu that because we one thing I also really love when I go to a barbecue joint. Right. Is I mean, I like to try new things. I like to try things that are interesting. Right. And so I recognize that there's people who come a lot of times for our pastrami beef rib or for, you know, the, 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 the pork stick or for the the pork belly rib. Right. And so we try to make sure that we're kind of always keeping it new and fresh every week. So that way, you know, we're bringing in those people that are looking for these, you know, more yeah. unique things. So that's awesome. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. You're in Dallas, but what you're in an area that's, cause it comes up differently. There's another name for it, right? Farmer's branch. Farmer's branch. Yeah. Yeah, te- technically we're in the city of Farmers Branch. It's okay. it's really confusing because we're in the city of Farmers Branch, but we're under a Dallas zip code, um, and then we're like a stone's throw from Addison, which a lot more people recognize than Farmers mm-hmm. Branch. Mm-hmm. And so, like you tell, like anytime I tell, like a lot of times I'll tell people where we're at, I'll, I'll just say Addison, uh, just because they they know that gives them a better like specific location of where okay. we're at than. Uh, than farmers branch does sometimes but yeah we're we're within farmers branch city limits and that's you know that's kind of the city technically that we're that we're okay. in so so is it kind of like because i'm in woodland hills but we're in la county but we're so we're so you could put los angeles like on the letter right write los angeles california and it'll right it'll, as long as my zip code's on it or something it's exactly yeah you could write dallas texas on to when you're sending mail to us and it'll still come to us yeah so Okay. But yeah, it's, it, anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good, uh, Farmer's Branch has been great with us. I mean, yeah, they've been real helpful and, you know, we, you know, we've been really good, great partners and relationships with them. And so it's, it's really worked out. Didn't uh, Todd mention something about the picnic tables? Those, the city helped like make sure that that. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. We had a, that was really nice of them is uh, during COVID um, they set up a whole like gazebo with like picnic tables and everything. So we have, you know, probably another, I don't know, 30 to 40 seats outside yeah. that we didn't have before. Um, and like, yeah, like I said, they did that with a few restaurants during COVID to kind of help alleviate some of that, you know, nice. the fact that people didn't want to, you know, eat inside mm-hmm. or couldn't eat inside in some, at, at yeah, some yeah. points of it. Yeah. It's really been nice having them, you know, uh, in our corner and, you know, helping us out any way they can. So it's been, it's been good for sure. Is there anything, this has been just killer like i'm so happy number one yeah. like this has been chock full of so much information <laughs> it's just like that just makes me excited because I, I can't wait to edit it like honestly i think you've done a great job i mean i think i covered just about my, my whole life story up to this point <laughs> <laughs> i've known you forever now <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but this is awesome but this is i am so so happy for you when i heard the news i was so happy because it just made sense to me and i was happy for todd too and for misty because i felt like I know they like to travel. I know that when they, and that's like even how they came up the name Cadillac was through traveling. That I think right, they, right. there was a restaurant or something that was. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like, yeah, cattle and then AC yeah. or something like that. And they kind of, yeah, messed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so, for sure. And like Cadillac is like the epitome of, yeah, like everyone. Comes oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. So that, so there's that. And people could look at old interviews or read old stuff about that. But uh, so that, so I was happy for them. I was happy for you and happy for you and your wife. And 
I, I, I want, I can't wait for people to, you know, see how this grows too, because you, you seem like you, you want to stay creative and you want to push, push barbecue to its limits. So I, I'm excited. This is going to be really cool, Andrew. Thanks. For sure. Yeah. It's going to be a fun ride. It's just beginning. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I mean, it, it really means a lot. Just, you know, it's, oh, it's, you. it's fun just getting to tell my story and it, it's, you've interviewed some incredibly, uh, you know, important people in the barbecue world. And it's just, it's cool to just be a part of this little oh. club of the people that you've interviewed. And so I, I thank you for, for doing this. Thank you. That means a lot. And uh, you're definitely part of that club. And I, and, and also too, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting, like just because I didn't know how you tick. <laughs> so I, I, got, I know a little bit more of how your mind works and I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, by humans. And so this is so killer. This is really great. Well, have a great day. Say hi to Todd for me for sure. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. Right, take care. Bye. All right, bye.